right. Uh, let's see. Let's. We're going to go to Second uh, Peter, I believe, is where we're going to be at. Second Peter. First Peter, maybe. Second Peter. Second Peter, chapter one. Second Peter, chapter one, and uh, while you're looking, you may as well. You can mark your place, First Peter, chapter three, if you want. You can just turn there later if you want. We'll. Get there eventually. Second Peter chapter one, first Peter chapter three. Good to be back in the church house tonight. I thought we was uh, I thought we was gonna be real late there for a minute. We sure I'm glad y'all waited a few minutes, hey man. Uh, I was looking at that clock down there at the place, and I guess it might have been thirty minutes behind. I thought we had plenty of time. Uh, but we didn't have plenty of time. Uh, I stopped at the Circle K up there, taking my time, looking around, come back out to the van. Ray said, we're going to be late. (laughs) So (laughs) we rushed over here from there, and luckily y'all hadn't started yet. So, uh, But anyway, uh, I don't have Ruth here to take care of me. We had revival last week at our church, week before last, and she come over there at 7 o'clock and said, are you going to church? I said, yeah, I'm going to church. So it's seven o'clock. You're late. So, so I guess I, I'm getting senile. I guess in in my young age, Lord, Lord, help me when I get old. Right. Second uh, Peter chapter one. I want to talk to you tonight about the old time real. You thought I was going to say religion, didn't you? Uh, but if I'm going to get old time religion, I want it to be real. Don't want it to be fake. Uh, you can copycat a lot of things, amen. But you may, if you're going to take the time to do something. You may as well do it right. And I don't really have no need for the new way of doing things. You know, the, you know, uh, people are taking their church and making it look like a concert hall and painting the stage black and getting rid of the pulpit and stuff like that. I don't have no use for that at all. Don't have no use for it at all. Some of them are called, uh, I don't know what they're called. Uh, they're not called churches, but I don't know. Some of them are called recovering fundamentalists, and I don't want no part of that either. Uh, those guys, uh, to me, they talk like sissies and act like sissies, and I think it's because they got a rebellious woman spirit. And yeah. I, I, I really believe that's true. Uh, when you, whenever you hear them talk, they say, "I ain't." Uh, what, what do they say? They say, uh, "I ain't gonna be subject to no man." Sounds like a rebellious woman to me. And so uh, they talk and sound like sissies to me. A man ought to be a man. Get a little, get a little bass in your voice, amen. And we talked about that this morning. Ain't nothing wrong with being a man. Act like a sissy and use girl soap and all kind of stuff like that. If girls like it, it's girl stuff, amen. You don't need nine hundred pounds of. I don't need any pounds of gel in my hair, amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, but you just, uh, man, you ain't even got to comb it. Just come to church, amen. And nothing wrong with looking good, but uh, what do they call that? Uh, uh, I don't even know what they call it. I've never been a hair product kind of guy, but they got men's stuff you can put in your hair and stuff like that, I, I guess. And uh, But anyway, this world turned into a bunch of sissies. I don't like what he said. Well, ain't you man enough to live without somebody else's approval? Bunch of sissies. Bunch of sissies. Bunch of sissies, I say. 
And that's exactly what most men are at this day and time. Uh, wife don't like church, we can't go there. Amen? And uh, I said something about that one time. Those recovering fundamentalists jumped all over that. No, I, I, I want to give you the whole story. What I said was, I said if your wife goes home and starts chewing out the preacher, tell her to shut her mouth. That's almost an exact uh, quotation of what I said. Boy, the recovering fundamentalists jumped all over that. Boy, they don't like that at all. But listen, man, you better read your Bible and check up on that stuff, man. When, uh, when uh, there's a woman named Michael in the Bible, not spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L, like a man. But there's a woman named, she started ridiculing God's man. And boy, there was consequences for that. And you, all the way through the Bible, uh, you'll find women that didn't like the preacher, and God cursed them. And you'll find women that looked after the preacher, and God blessed them. And God called them great. See, it's not about women. It's about what God says. And uh, the same thing goes for men. Uh, if you don't like something, that's fine. It's a free country. You don't have to be in agreement with everything that you hear. But I'd watch my mouth. Amen? And this, listen, Brother Curtis, let me tell you. Uh, of all the complainers that I've heard about, ain't none of them ever come complained right to the source. Amen? We live in a, in a world full of keyboard warriors. Uh, go home and talk bad about somebody. Man, come talk to the source. Somebody makes you mad, go, go. If your preacher makes you mad, go talk to him after service. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Help me. Help me understand where you're coming from. Now, listen, you don't want to sit underneath a preacher that preaches for three hours. I know that for a fact. People buck up against that. So a preacher in one sermon doesn't have, listen, do you know in one particular topic you could talk for five or six hours? And if a preacher's going to preach 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour, he can't give you every little detail to explain every little thing he says. But man, if a preacher preaches and you don't think you agree with it, go home, look in your Bible and study it out and see if he ain't telling you the right thing. Go home and complain to your wife about how bad the preacher is. What, you want her to go beat him up for you? I don't understand that. I don't understand. You want her to pat you on the back like Jezebel did Ahab when he was trying to steal somebody? Oh, poor darling, I'll go get it for you. I'll go tell that preacher for you. Amen. Uh, I got. I was upset about something a couple weeks ago. Ray said, "You want me to go say something?" I said, "No, <laughs> no, no, sir. I, I can take care of that myself. I'm trying to calm down before I punch him in his teeth. I'll take care of it. Don't, Amen. And that's a good idea too. Cool off before you go." say something. You say something you regret. I mean, you might run into a preacher that ain't totally sanctified yet. Get smacked in the mouth or something. Amen. Hey, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not saying me. I'm just saying it could happen. Amen. It could happen. Uh, but I do want to talk to you about uh, old time religion. A lot of people are trying to get away from it, but I ain't trying to get away from it. Amen. Uh, I think the old time way is better than the new time way. I think it's a lot better. And, and I know that because I mentioned it a little bit this morning. They didn't have school shootings under the old time way. They just didn't have that sort of thing. And I believe that a lot of things that's going on in the world, this thing over in Hawaii, 
Hawaii is one of the most ungodly states that there is. They're more liberal than California, if you can believe that. And uh, stuff like that, uh, uh, back when uh, Hurricane Katrina come in and a couple of preachers, national preachers, said it was God's judgment, and it was. The Bible says God has his way in the whirlwind. What do you think the translation of that is? What do you think the interpretation of that is? Uh, what, is a, what is a hurricane anyway, if it's not a whirlwind? Does it whirl? Is there wind involved? Then God's having his way when those things kick up. And, uh, you know, for all the people that thinks it's, you know, a racial problem, they're not going towards Africa. They're coming over here. They come and hit, and that one hit Hurricane Katrina, and the preacher says, oh, that's God's judgment. And the news media jumped all over him and said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, you should have doubled down on that because that's true. And, uh, but see, uh, there's always been sin. There's always been bad people, and God's always been judging on it. But this country was free from a lot of that stuff for a long time. And uh, a lot of things you say, well, they can... Uh, uh, back in our early history, people started moving out to Texas and, and the Midwest and stuff like that, and some bad things did happen out there. A uh, hurricane come into Houston, tore it up back in the 1800s. But one thing you've got to realize about that, when them people left the east and went west, they didn't take a lot of preachers with them. Uh, when you hear about bar fights, you don't hear about them being, when you hear about them old gunslingers, that didn't happen in downtown, uh, you know, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That stuff happened out there where they forgot to build churches. Amen? Amen. That's right and true. Now, I'm not saying that everything's been perfect, but I'm saying back then in the places in this country where they had the Word of God in reverence, God helped them and God looked out for them. God took care of them. Amen. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Uh, I don't believe not one piece of legislation will ever stop school shootings. But I believe a bunch of people getting right with God and repenting and getting their, getting their lives right, I believe that'll help. There, listen, there ain't no amount of family counseling that'll keep your kids off of drugs, not one bit of it. But some old-time preaching, you say, Brother, you saying, are you saying that nobody's ever come out of church and got high on drugs? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if those, if those people get help, I'm say, I know where it's coming from. Uh, it's people from time to time going to get out and make messes, but they... Uh, a place to come back to, and I'm telling you, the old-time way is the place to come back and get help. People that are going this other way, they just compounded more problems. Come back to church and there's no Bible, and, and they got a rock concert and going on. Listen, you want to know if that stuff is real or not? Just think about it this way. Everybody in the world can go to one of these new churches, saved or not, got a Bible or not, got a prayer life or not, and anybody can take care, take part in that old word, that new style worship. They already like the groove. They already like the beat. They already like the timing of the music. They already like the light show. They already like the black environment. I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about that blacked out uh, um, concert stage looking stuff. Anybody can get involved in that. But you take one of them people and put them in a church where people are shouting the victory and singing the old time hymns and the preachers preaching and people get up running and shouting you see if they're taking part in that or not they not because it's a different spirit and a lost person or a backslidden person can't get involved in that spirit the spirit that just says oh, anybody can get involved in that but when people start throwing up their hands and shouting and running the bases and say, glory to God, people are not going to get involved in that. Lost people are not going to get involved in that. 
backsitting people ain't going to get involved in, in that because they don't have no part in that. They don't know what it's about. They know what that's about because they did that at the ACDC concert or an Eminem concert. They know what that's about because it's the wrong spirit. And that's the way you know that this old time way is the right spirit because you just can't get involved in that. You don't come in off the street and say, I think I'll take part in that. Woo! And if you did, God make you look like a fool. And, and listen, when, people, when, when, when lost folks or backsitting folks try to get involved in an old time shouting service like that, somebody that's got the spirit of God on recognize them right away. Something wrong with that fellow. Oh, you're being judgmental. Well, that's because they're stupid. That's why. It ain't right. It, it, it don't gel. There's a difference in the spirit. And, and somebody filled with the spirit of God can tell it right away. You can tell when somebody's putting on a show. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I can't. Well, you need to get a little touch of the old time way then. Then you'll be able to. Amen. I, I keep looking. I'm going to have to not look at you, man. That big old thing. I asked him a while ago. He's got a big old gash down the middle of his forehead. I asked him if he's back talking Madison or not. <laughs> hey, I got tough kids, man. <laughs> you can't be back talking. <laughs> They'll whoop you up. Amen. Amen. Let's look at this. Did I read it yet? Okay. I'll read it now, all right? For you folks that didn't read your Bible this week, I'll read it for you. Here you go. Second Peter chapter one, let's look in verse number, let's look in verse, well, let's read verse, uh, verse 19. We'll start in verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And some people say, you, uh, the Bible don't talk about old time religion. Well, what does that say? The prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. He's giving you an example of the way it used to be. In old time, in old, they say, we want to talk about something that's relevant today. We don't want to hear about the old time. But Simon Peter said what they did back in the old time was relevant. And if you want to have the results they had back in old time, you're going to have to use the methods that they used back in old time. And let me say this, there's no expiration date on the Word of God. They just, it just don't go bad. You buy milk, it's got an expiration date on it. You drink it much after that expiration date. I mean, one day late might not be too bad, but you drink it three weeks after the expiration date, and you're going to get yourself a surprise. Amen? Amen. And I don't even drink buttermilk when it's in, when it's inside the expiration date. Amen? Because it tastes like it's Past its expiration date. It just ain't, I mean, it makes good bread, but it don't make good drinking. Amen? Uh, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Expiration date, you ought to pay attention to that. Amen? Unless you want your stomach pumped, that's up to you. Go Do what you got to do. Uh, but that old rotten milk, you ain't got to get your stomach pumped. You drink that, your stomach will pump itself. Amen? That's exactly right. Amen? But uh, the gospel ain't got no expiration date on it. The Bible don't have no expiration date. You say, well, they got that old King James Bible. There ain't no expiration date on it. Ain't no expiration date on it. Ain't no mistakes in it neither. Ain't no mistakes in your Bible. You know what? Well, it, it th you would think, I mean, it's not this way because people are stupid. But you would think people would understand. People get these Bibles and they say, now look here. The King James Bible ain't right. This word is wrong and it ought to be this. So my question to them is, where is, now listen, 
this man's a King James Bible believer, but I'm just going to use, let's say that Clint come to me and said he had a better Bible than the King James Bible because he found this word that wasn't right and this word that ain't right and this word that ain't right. So the King James Bible, not right. And they got these new Bibles and stuff. And, and so my, my first question is, so is the Bible you got perfect? And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, no. There ain't no perfect Bible because they're all translations. But wait, 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 just a minute. You said that you studied enough to tell me that this word in the King James is wrong and this word in the King James is wrong. So the obvious answer to that is you know the right words. You can't tell me the words are right. I mean, you can't tell me that the words are wrong if you don't know what the right words are. And if you know what the right words are, put the right words in the book and then tell me that it's the right book. But ain't nobody doing that because they're trying to sell you suckers more books. And when they run out of money, they're going to make another one and tell you the other words weren't right and they got these other words. Now this is the Bible you need to buy. And then when you pin them down on it and say, now is this Bible perfect? They're going to say no. And you're going to say, oh, I guess I'll buy that one then. And then you say, well, wait, before I buy it, is this one perfect? No. It don't make sense. If you, know what, if you know the words that are wrong, then you have to have the right words in order to know that those words are wrong. But people ain't going to ask that question because they're stupid. Amen. That's just a, you don't got to go to school and learn Greek. All you got to know is, okay, you say this word in my King James is wrong. Okay, that means you know what the right word is. Now give me my Bible that's got the right words in it. Well, we just don't know that. Then shut your mouth. I'm going to stick with the old book. Amen? Because the, the old book was right enough to fix me. Amen? The, the old book was right enough to convict me of being a rascal and a scoundrel. So I'm just going to stick with the old book. Now, if you tell me you got another book and you think it's perfect, then let's talk about that one. But ain't nobody saying that because all they're in business of is selling books. Selling books, selling books, selling books. Just stick with the old time. I like the old time, but I also want it to be old time real. Amen? Yeah. want it to be old time real. Now, let me say a few things about this. I, I want, let me read you this other verse here. We'll come back to this. 1 Peter 3, 5. 1 Peter 3, 5. 3, 5, 3, 5. I read about the old time men. Now, what about this? It says, for after this manner, 1 Peter 3, 5. For after this manner, in the old time... The holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Brother Clint, she calling you Lord? <laughs> Lord Clint. <laughs> you don't even want her to call you that, do you? Amen. I'm just reading the Bible. Amen. Uh, amen. Uh, call me what you want to, just not late for dinner. Ain't that right? Amen. But they said they was holy women, and they had a way of doing things in the old time. Amen. Amen. Holy women. That's good, ain't it? Ain't you glad there's a few holy women around? Oh, you know, I don't think you can be holy. Well, the Bible says you can be. Amen. You can get, listen, you can get right with God if you want to. There's no expiration date on old time religion. You can get right with God and have God walk with you and talk with you and help you and comfort you and correct you and lead you and guide you. God is still in the business of saving people's souls and directing their lives. God still wants to get involved with people. 
But if you're going to get involved with God, you've got to get involved with him the old time way. Because the old time way ain't never changed. The Bible says that God changes not. He don't change. His principles ain't changed. And listen, just because he died on the cross, that didn't make uh, immorality acceptable. He said, well, we're not under the law. Well, what's the law got to do with it? Right's right and wrong's wrong. The law was just there to teach us what was right and wrong. Now, but now, we, listen, we don't have the, we're not saved to keep the law, to, to sacrifice animals and stuff like that, but we saved from our sins. Now, you saved from it or ain't you? Uh, do they bother you or don't you? Uh, I mean, I got saved as a little boy because I didn't want to get under God's judgment. Now, I know I'm stupid now and I, I come short now. I understand that. But the Holy Ghost is in me to tap on, tap on my shoulder every once in a while and say, remember what the book says. Stop doing that, dummy. Stop doing that, dummy. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Not about being under the law or being a legalist or nothing like that. I mean, what's your other options anyway? You want to be an illegalist? There's no in-between. People say, you're a legalist. Man, what in the world? I mean, what you want me to be, a criminal? It don't make no sense to me. Why are you trying to justify doing the wrong thing? Listen, all you got to do, I've told people this, and people go, oh, man, I can't believe a preacher said that. Listen, if you don't want to do right, just come tell God you don't want to do right. Say, God, I'm so, I'm so mixed up in this world. My flesh is so addicted to this world. Man, I'm just cold and I don't want to do right. God, help me to do the right thing. Man, that's all you got to do. You ain't got to get mad at the preacher because he said it's still a sin to lie. It's still a sin to lie. It's a sin to cheat. It's a sin to commit adultery. It's a sin to lust after a woman that ain't your wife. It's a sin to lust after a man that ain't your husband. Those things are still sins. Don't get mad to me about it. It's a sin to do those things. Get on the altar and say, God, help me with this. Uh, if you're tired of it, say, forgive me. If you're not tired of it, say, Lord, help me get to the place. I know it's wrong. God, help me. That's all you got to do. God sees what kind of spirit that is. Amen. You got to be perfect or nothing at all. That's foolishness. I don't know anybody that way. I don't know anybody that way. I know a lot of preachers. I've known a lot of preachers over the years. I've known some of the best and I've known some of the worst. And the only difference between the best and the worst is that the best ones knew that they weren't supposed to be living that way. They try to get right every once in a while. Ain't no perfect preachers. Your favorite preacher, whoever he is, he's just a rascal saved by the grace of God. He's weak. He's got to get right on a regular basis. Only problem is the old time way people got right on a regular basis. The new time way, they're trying to find a way to, uh, uh, to adjust a sinful life to a religious uh, show every weekend. And they ain't right. It don't produce no joy. It don't produce no peace. It don't make you sleep better at night. Just say, God, I know it's wrong. I know the preacher's right. Help me to get the thing right. And be honest with God. I don't want to get it right right now. But God help me now. He might tan you hide if you do that. But at least you're being honest with God. Uh, you ain't fooling God. You might be fooling yourself, but God ain't fooled with that mess. Say, God, forgive me about that. Amen. Be honest about the thing. You say, why, what happens if I start being honest about the thing? You'll get, you'll get acquainted with the old-time religion right quick. Because if you're serious and you start talking to God about getting serious, Lord, I, I know it's wrong. God, help me. Boy, the Lord's going to start dealing with you. He's going to start walking with you and talking with you. And boy, every time something goes wrong, bump your knee or something. God, next time it could be worse, boy. 
You say you think, it, you think it's God every time you bump your knee. I don't know if it's every time, but if you start asking God to help you and you start feeling aches and pains, I'd get right. <laughs> oh, yeah. is that you, Lord, trying to help me get right? <laughs> I mean, I would ask some questions, amen? Uh, every time something goes wrong with me, I said, God, I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly which one that was for. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which one of my sins that was all about, but I sure am sorry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Just let me know which one. <laughs> let me know which one that was for, because I don't want to quit the wrong thing. <laughs> Amen. I mean, if I'm lying and cheating, and if he's only getting on to me about the lying, I'm going to cheat as long as I can. You think that's stupid for a preacher to say, but that's the way every single cotton-picking one of you think. I'm sorry I spit on you, but that's preaching. Amen. <laughs> Welcome to the front row. <laughs> Am I lying? I ain't lying. Amen. 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 That's true. Oh, most of you about half saved most of the time, ain't you? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Your inside saved you. Outside the devil. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's true. The old time real. That's what I want. The old time real. Whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, you can be in the old time way. Yeah. Amen. I don't care what you say. The old time way is better than the new time way. Yeah. Amen. I wouldn't give you five cents for these sissy preachers we got right. now. Not five, not five cents for them. Amen. I mean, well, you know, you know, some people are so religious that they'll sit around and listen to this junk and say amen to it. I'm not saying amen to it. I'm going to wear the biggest scowl that I can wear. Somebody let somebody like that preach and act stupid and say stupid stuff, I'm going to sit there like... Like some of you look when somebody's preaching the right stuff. Hey, if you can get under my skin for preaching the right stuff, I'm, you, can, you better bet that I'm going to try to get under your skin for preaching something stupid. Uh, get up and preach and act like you didn't think about what you were saying for the last six months. I'm going to... What are you trying to say? That's dumb. Amen. And I ain't going to laugh at your jokes even if they're funny. Amen. You say, well, I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of time. Amen. To come to church and talk. Now, you wonderful folks. I mean, listen, if somebody got up and started talking like that, i turn them off right there. Listen. I don't care if what they got to say next is the best thing I've ever heard. Somebody gets up with that fake. That's just so good to see all you wonderful people. I mean, you ain't prayed for them in the last six months. What do you mean it's good to see these wonderful people? Right. Invite a preacher to come in. He's never been there before. Don't know nobody in the building. It's just so wonderful to see all of you. You've never seen them before. You're a liar. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't buy that. That's just, it's fake. It's fake. It's plastic religion, and people fall for it every day. Because they love to sit here and hear somebody say, you wonderful good people. We know you're wonderful good people. Now, I, I, try, I mean, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I try to be nice. But there was a woman out there at the campground a while ago, and she'd come over and told me something. I said, oh, you know, how you doing? And, and uh, what are you doing here? And she, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm here to preach a revival this week. She said, I knew you was a preacher right away. And I'm thinking, you lying. She didn't know I was no preacher. 
But pe and people say, you talk to them on the street or something, to give them a gospel tract, and they say, I know you're a good man. No, you don't. I could be Oral Roberts for all you know, ripping people off. You don't know I'm a good person. But people know, people know that people like to hear that junk. And that's just, that's not the old time way. That's just, I mean, the old time, let me say, I didn't really name this message the old time religion. I named it the old time real. And just be real. Amen. Just be real. Oh, I'm praying for you, brother. It, don't say that if you're not. Amen. Well, I'll pray. No, don't say that if you're not. I mean, you don't have to say, no, I ain't praying for you. <laughs> but you might take it as a mental note. Yes, maybe I should pray for this brother every once in a while. Uh, well, Brother Nathan, we're praying for you down here in this place. Well, I know I should. <laughs> but people are just that way. And it's fake. It's fake, amen? And I don't like it. It's not real. And the Bible says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. You get somebody that talks like that and talks like they're trying to put a hickey on your neck or something. Uh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear nothing else you got to say. Even if what you got to say is true, I don't want to hear it. Because it ain't real. It ain't re if I want something false, I watch TV. Entertainment, that's entertainment, right? It's a story, but it's entertainment. But Well, I'm not here to be entertained. If I want to be entertained, I'd lay out a Sunday night service and watch football or something like that. Amen. But people still feel the need to come to church even when they know it. You know, I've got a sneaking suspicion that a lot of people that come to churches know that what's going on is fake. And they'd probably rather have that than, that preacher just makes me feel good. Well, let me ask you this. What preacher in the Bible that you, do you know of that made anybody feel good about anything? I've had a lot of people tell me, call me names and everything else. You know, you don't, you shouldn't talk like that and you shouldn't act like that and that's just not the way to do things. Well, what does that mean you're saying about Jesus then? Because Jesus tanned the people's hides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, now, now, I'm not going to go down here on the street and wear somebody out like that because they, they need to be saved. I don't expect nothing else out of them but to live the way they live. It. Hey, Jesus loved you and died on the cross for your sins, man, all that stuff. But you rascals in the church, you need your hides tanned because you're so used to this, nothing bothers you no more. Well, you know, that's just dumb old brother Mike. He's going to say some things like that. No, man, that's the way people have been preaching to religious people since the dawn of time. Since the dawn of time. And all you got to do is get right. Amen. Uh, people call me mean all the time. It ain't, never, ain't nobody ever, nobody, nobody, nowhere on this planet got any evidence of me being mean to somebody face to face. It ain't personal, it's preaching, it's the truth. Amen. And I believe you ought to deliver God's word in the way, in the manner that it was given. Now think about the commandments just a little bit and see if this fits. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You think, that, you think that's the tone of voice God had in mind? When he's talking to a, uh, a, a stiff-necked, rebellious Israelites? No, sir. No, sir. I'll smite thee from the top of thy head to the crown of... What? Yeah. Yeah. I shall smite thee. 
Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The recovering fundamentalist, one of them guys talks just that way. Now, you know what's bad. I made fun of the guy. I made fun of the guy for doing that, and then the next day I was saying something to somebody else, and I went, I was, Bob! I went home and took a hammer and smashed my big toe. Just, oh! Be a man, be a man. But that fella, he went home, got his daddy to call me. He called me a faggot. I said, did you call my boy a faggot? Yes, I called him a faggot because he talks like a faggot. Well, I just don't think a preacher ought to, you know, talk to another preacher like that. I said, first of all, first of all, he ain't no preacher. And second of all, he started it. He, He put all that junk on the Internet cut little snippets out of sermons to make things sound bad like a Democrat would do, like a liberal could do. And I said, Mr. While I got you on the phone, let me tell you something. Every dime you've ever made, every school class that's ever been paid for was paid that you went to was paid by an independent fundamental Baptist church. Your house was bought with money from independent fundamental Baptist churches that paid you to come in and preach. Now you turn around and do this, you turncoat, liberal, faggot-raising individual. Come to where I'm at right now. (laughs) Got me upset. You say, why do you get upset? Because old-time religion's about being men. And when somebody calls you up on the phone telling you you ain't doing the right thing, you say, look, buddy, I'm not the troublemaker. You're the troublemaker. Right. Yeah. Huh? All this recovering fundamentals, every one of them boys had daddy preachers that made every dime they ever made out of an independent fundamental Baptist sure. church. Now that they've reached retirement age and they don't need them churches no more, we ain't going to do it that way no more. Right. Yeah. That's because you are wolves in sheep clothing all alone. You are a rascal. And whether I'm in a little church here that don't affect nobody or whether I'm in the biggest church on the planet, I'm going to call them deadbeat, sissy, yep. turncoat, Faggot, homosexual. He's like, oh, 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 you shouldn't say that. Well, they shouldn't say what they said about us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, I think you ought to turn the cheek. What's turning? They ain't swung no fists. I ain't turning no cheeks. Yeah. You say preachers can't say that. What about Jesus? Jesus is the one. Yeah. You bunch of vipers. You bunch of devils. You bunch of liars. You bunch of hypocrites. If it's wrong for me, it's wrong for Jesus. Hey, we're supposed to be like Jesus, ain't we? Well, I'm I'm coming short. I ain't never made no whip. Well, I haven't went far enough. I ain't never chased nobody out with the whip. Who wants it first? You shouldn't do that. You ought to be more Christ-like. They come down to hear John the Baptist preach. He said, who invited y'all, you bunch of devils? That's right. That's exactly what he said. That's exactly what he said. What y'all doing here? We trying to have a respectable baptismal service here. You bunch of snakes crawl out of the woods. Who told you to flee from the wrath to come? You know what he said right there? When he said, who, who told you to flee from the wrath to come? He said, you ain't invited. Nobody asked you to come down here and get right. That's exactly what he said. Who told you to flee? Nobody. Well, you could have handled that in a better way. You tell John first. 
Huh? Tell Jesus first. I'm not saying I'm a Jesus. I'm not saying I'm even close to a John. But I know the old time way. Well, those fellows were telling me last week, they said, the King James translators was mere mortal men. Who was John? Simon Peter was a mere, mere mortal man. Huh? What are you saying? I, and I said, matter of fact, who are you? You found all these mistakes. You're just a mere mortal man. You a devil is what you are. And somebody said, you shouldn't have said that, Brother Mike. That wasn't the right way. You mind your own business. You respond like a woman if you want to. Amen. You be like a sissy. Amen. You and your masculine wife go do it the way you want to. And that's what it comes down to anyway. There ain't a red-blooded man in this world that cares anything about what I just said except for that if he says amen, his wife's going to ball him out when he gets home. That's the only thing that there is about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly what's going on. I don't like going down to that church because that guy's just too mean. You mean he's meaner than the guy that killed 50 people on, church, uh, on the television show you watched last week? You mean he's, he's meaner than that guy you watched on TV stab somebody 900 times or rape some woman or something? You mean he's meaner than that? You said, you, listen, you, you, got, you get mad at me because I said faggot and homosexual a while ago in front of your kids, but you let these people come down to the schoolhouse and talk about drag queens and, and everything that they... Listen, Walt Disney's got worse pictures in their movies than anything I just said up there. And if you've got a problem with that, you a deadbeat sissy, you and your masculine wife. Talk to me about... Talk to me about laying down to this world. People need to start standing up saying that junk is wrong right there. Man, talk to me about the old time ways too mean. The new time way is sissy. That's what it is. It's a bunch of sissy. And it ain't real. And it's not, listen, it, it, it ain't real. And that line of credit ain't going to come out when it comes to the judgment seat. Well, I just wanted to be nice and do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Not one man, not one man. There ain't one man in the Bible that acted like that. Not one man in the Bible that acted like that. From Noah to the book of the Revelation, there ain't one man that went out and stood in front of a bunch of people and ever acted like Joel Osteen. And it ain't even Joel Osteen no more. It's independent, fundamental, Bible-believing churches now that's talking like that and acting like that. That stuff ain't going to wash out. You being nice ain't going to wash out at the judgment seat of Christ. And listen, when you got people spitting in the face of Jesus and his principles and his word, what's to be nice about that? What is there to be nice about that? Amen. When God said, when God said, cry aloud and spare not and show my people, there's, we're not Israel, but are we his people? He didn't say show Israel his sin. He said show my people their sin. You God's people? If you're God's people, then you can expect some more. Listen, you can expect love and joy and peace and encouragement. You can expect all those things. You ought to get those things from preachers. But the old-time religion, it included more than that. Everyone, and listen, ain't nobody complaining about love. We get entirely too much love preaching around here. Ain't nobody complaining about that. Uh, what they're complaining about is a preacher calling out the things they ain't doing right. Amen. And you're all saying amen, but you too. You too. And me too. And I guarantee you before I come down here and say it's you, I get on my face somewhere and say, God, it's me. 
because the same message, listen, I got the message from God and I know what it does for me. And I don't know, you know, you got to get the message too, amen. It, it ain't just me. I'll tell God honestly every single day, God, it's me. God, I've done that. I'm sorry about that. Amen. So it ain't just me though. It's you too, ain't it? You got this stuff I got, don't you? Amen. These, pre these preachers right here in this town, I don't want to be no legalist. What's wrong with being legal? I mean, when Mr. Deputy Sheriff pulls you over on your way home from church tonight, and he comes up and says, I caught you doing 10 miles an hour over. What are you going to say? Well, you're a legalist. <laughs> huh, John Law, I think you're a legalist. Yeah. And he'll say, that's my job, sir. Yeah. <laughs> See you at the courthouse. Hey, man, you think that's going to scare him off, call him a legalist? He probably scratched his head, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but I know what the legal limit is. Legalist. I'll tell you what you do. Ain't none of this stuff I, I'm telling you that I didn't find in that book. You get to the judgment seat and call God a legalist. Amen? Amen. And I'll tell you what. If you know it ought to be done somewhere other way, how come you ain't doing it? Huh? I mean, you're smart and got a college education or something like that, or you've studied the right way to be and the way, the way things ought to go, you start you a church and, amen, we'll see how you do. Amen? But I know what you'll do already. You'll ask your wife what you ought to preach and say if it's all right for me to do this or not. We've got to get away from that. We've got to get away from that, amen? I used to, I had a nervous tick when we first come down here. I'd have my hands in my pocket, and maybe I had a few quarters, and they'd be making noise. And after church, we'd say, you really shouldn't put your hands in your pocket like that. It's kind of distracting. I said, yeah, but I'm nervous. And wait just a minute. Don't tell me what to do. Amen? Now, I got off by myself, and I said, she's probably right about that. <laughs> she's probably right about that, amen, but uh, I could have figured that out down the road, amen. No, no woman telling me how to preach. Amen. How many of y'all got Google? Go home and put it in your uh, Google search. Put KJV, and then put hearken to his wife. See how that turns out. A lot of men in the Bible messed up hearkening to their wife. Amen. You know, there's a bunch of bad references and there's one good reference. More times than not, you better get with your Bible and try to figure it out. Amen. And then if you can't figure it out, go ask your wife. <laughs> she might tell you how it is. Amen. I'm not saying she don't have no good ideas. I'm just saying you better check it. Amen. Did you really tell her that? I sure did, man. Did she really tell me that? She sure did. So you look kind of look nervous or something. I am nervous. There's people out here. <laughs> preaching would be, it's a lot easier for me to preach with no people around. <laughs> I can lay down to the Sunday school class best you've ever seen if there ain't no people around. <laughs> oh, man. Ain't that the truth? That's the truth, man. No, no interruptions, no deviation of thought. The problem in here is there's people. People God wants to talk to. He'll interrupt me and say, go here. See, this little thing right here, I could have preached this in 12 minutes. Easy, no problem. 
I wish you could read this stuff. It's so simple. When you get to preaching, God leads you what to say. If you care, if you care what God has for you to say, but most preachers don't care what God has for them to say. And that manifests itself two ways. One way they don't study at all. Or one way is they'll overstudy and they'll write God right out of the equation when they make these little things right here. And if it ain't on here, I'm not going to say it. And I'm going to say it just this way and that way. And I'm going to put the inflections just at the right point. And they study about how to sound like an AM radio announcer as they're preaching the Word of God. And just wipe God right out of the whole equation. That leads me to say this. The old time real don't need a tone of voice. Amen? I get afraid of these preachers when they get up to preach and they switch into their preacher's voice. Amen? That woman over there at the camp meeting said, you sound like a preacher. I'm like, oh God, help me Lord. Help me. Because I don't want to sound like no preacher. Amen? Because that's fake. How does a preacher sound? That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Listen, John the Baptist said, I'm a voice. And that's all he was. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That word cry means he was lifting up his voice. Hey, what you say you ought to be, you ought, what you say you ought to believe, and what to say you should, you should have some enthusiasm about. But listen, if you've got to get into this hacking, coughing, rhythmic, musical voice in order to be, no, that's fake, that's phony. Don't want none of that. That's not old time religion. Yeah, amen. Hey, amen. That's, you know, this dynamic stuff. You don't have to be that way. Now, you don't have to be any sort of way. You can be boring if you want to. Uh, you can be loud if you want to. You can be quiet if you want to. But it's got to be true. Because yeah. we're not talking about old time religion. We're talking about old time real. Yeah. Old time religion that's real. And it don't need a specific tone of voice. Some of you wouldn't listen to a preacher if he didn't get into you your particular rhythmic cadence of preaching. That's not real. That's not real. It's not real. Now, you might have heard your favorite preacher and he sounded a certain way, but everybody after that don't have to sound that way in order to be real. It has to be true. That's what it has to be. And listen, the old-time real, the old-time real religion don't need a rebellious, wicked testimony. I hear people talking about, boy, before I got saved, I'd done this and I'd done that. My reaction to most, now, I want to hear what God done for somebody, but if that's all you got to say, all I got to say is, that's a shame you shouldn't have done that. Right. Amen? Like, well, I'd done this and I'd done that, and kids are looking at it like, wow, this guy robbed the first national bank. Wow, what a hero. No, that's not my response. My response is, that's a shame you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Amen. 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 When I talk about Hey, I was in church as a little boy and I got out of church. My thought about that is, boy, I shouldn't have done that. If I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to try to get you not to do that. You young folks that's in church and you're messing with Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, and you see all that cool stuff that's going on out in the world, it's not cool. It's not going to get you anywhere. And one of these days, you're going to go through it and you're going to come back here and say, boy, I did this or did that. And somebody's going to say amen. And they'd rather hear that than they'd rather hear somebody stand up and say, I never did get out of church by the grace of God. Thank God I never got out of church. And that's the best testimony you can have. Well, I was so bad I'd done this and done that. Well, shame on you. Don't do that no more. 
Now I've got my eye on you. If you backslid, you'd like us to go back to that junk. Amen? And I've heard people get up and say everything they've ever done. You don't got to do that. I don't stand up in church and tell me you've got a pornography problem. So ain't you going to be glad for me? No, I'm going to be watching you from now on. I mean, well, can I get right? Yeah, you can get right, but you ain't got to put that stuff out all over the place. I was in a meeting one time, the preacher set up and said, I used to be gay. I'm like, well, I'm done with you. He said, well, ain't you forgiven? Well, listen, I'm not the one that's got to forgive him. Um, but now I'm the one who's got to watch my kids while that guy's around. That's just the way. You say, well, you shouldn't think that way. Well, he shouldn't have said that out loud. The Bible never tells you to confess your sins one to another. You can confess your faults one to another. Maybe you're not uh, circumspect. Maybe you, don't do, maybe you don't read your Bible every day. Those things are false. But don't tell me the stuff that you've been doing, thinking that we're going to go, oh, glory to God. God's helped this. No, well, glory to God if he did help you. But now that's in my mind, and I don't need to know that. I don't need to know everything you've done. I don't need to know that you was a biker and running around with other men's wives because now I'm going to watch you when you're around mine. Amen. So, well, don't you think God forgives? Yes, he does forgive. Yes, he does forgive that sort of stuff. But if you get back, said, now I've got to watch you. He said, don't you trust my wife? No, I trust my wife. I don't trust you. And it's not that I think she might run off with you. It's that you might talk to her. You don't deserve to talk to her if she's my wife. I'll smack your mouth if you do. We had a fellow come in here one time and he said, he hadn't been here 15 minutes. He said, I think you're jealous over your wife. Brother, if that's the first thing you ever say to me, you and me got a problem. Where does that come from? What do you want me to say? No, so you can send her a text message? Mm-mm. What he done was he spoke up. Amen? Do you pay attention to that sort of thing? With the ears wide open. Amen? <laughs> With the ears wide open. Amen. And I should. Amen. That's wise to do. Amen. But this, this day and time we live in, next week, next Sunday, we're going to have in a guy who robbed the First National Bank, and he's going to tell you what God done for him. You mean he done something for that guy that he didn't do for one of these baby boys up here on the front row when he yeah. saved them? God didn't do nothing for that scoundrel that he didn't do for one of these. Any one of these boys could stand up and give as good a testimony as any criminal that ever walked through any work. See, people say, well, I was a biker and God saved me from this. God ain't done nothing for you. He ain't done for nobody else. Amen. All you need to say was you a sinner saved by grace. Amen. We don't need novelties in the church. Amen. God's goodness is still good no matter how bad you was. And that's true for every single one of us. Amen. But people think that's old time religion. Look what God can do for him. That don't surprise me none. Huh? I was a biker and God saved me. Not surprised about that at all. Amen. God could save him all. (laughs) Makes no sense to me. Amen. I got this thought just now. You know what people say? It's dangerous saying everything that comes to your mind. You know, please say amen, because I'll point you out. Amen. Uh, they make some, you, you know some of the dumbest things you hear is in gospel music. Uh, people make Barabbas this big hero, like when they let him go, he got saved by the grace of God. 
Oh, I was just like Barabbas, you know. No, 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 no. That is not the way that works. Barabbas was a murderer that, the, that evil people chose over the Son of God. Barabbas getting out of jail was not a type or a picture of a sinner being set free. It was a picture of the world choosing the devil over the Son of God. But glorify the devils. Glorify the devils. Every preacher under the sun is making the devil, putting the devil above God's throne. Oh, he was the anointed cherub that covers. That means he's lying. Don't mean his throne was above God before he fell. Right down here in the dirt with you and me, where he was. Amen. Anointed cherub covered. God anointed him to tell lies, to blind the minds of people that don't believe. That's what he is. But people love making heroes out of scoundrels. Amen. That's what Barabbas was. He was a scoundrel. You show me where Barabbas went and got right. Ask God for any forgiveness or thank him. Hey, if he got right, why wouldn't he down there with John when they was beating him and saying, hey, Jesus, thank you, man. Thank you. You would think, you'd think Barabbas would have been in the upper room when Jesus showed up after his resurrection, wouldn't he? But he wasn't there. Amen. The old time real. It's not, it's not a tone of voice. It's not a wicked testimony. It's not a preaching style. It's not a southern accent. Amen. It's not a southern accent. You don't need a southern accent to be an old time preacher. Amen. I'd spend more time, but I've got a whole message to preach. You thought I was almost done, but I'm just getting started. Amen. Old time religion is not a high education. Amen. Amen. Not many, not many noble, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Didn't say not any, but not many. Amen. Somebody put on a suit and tie and get up here and start. Now, the Greek is, shut up, man. You can't order a cup of coffee in Greek. Don't tell me what the Bible says in Greek. Listen, listen. Have you guys ever been to school? Do you, re- listen. Anybody ever been to school? You been to English class? Every one of these men in this building been to English class and listened to them talk. Uh, there ain't a man in this building that can quote you five English rules. Am I lying, Sister Stephanie? Not a man in this room can give you five English rules. Listen, as far as I can remember, they gave us English in first grade and second grade and third grade and fourth grade, 12 years of some kind of English direction in school. And listen at the way we talk and act. And you telling me some old country bumpkin went off to Bob Jones University, crammed for four little years and probably had 12 hours of Hebrew class. He's going to come back and correct the Bible on 12 hours of spread out. Among, I don't know that it's really 12 hours, but it ain't 150,000 hours. He crammed for every exam, studied uh, the Old Testament survey and the New Testament survey and the book of Romans and the gospel and missions and probably had more instruction on missions than he ever did on, on any other subject and studied this and studied that and how to preach and how to deliver. Studied all that junk and they threw a bunch of Hebrew and Greek at him made, him, uh, made him memorize the Greek alphabet and the Hebrew word for this and the Hebrew word for that. And he comes out, he's going to correct men that translated your Bible that could speak fluently 
12 or 13 different languages, you're out of your mind, man. The Hebrew means he don't know what the Hebrew means. He looked that up in the Strong's Concordance and wrote it down in his notes and read it right off his notes when he told you. And he couldn't go to McDonald's in any Greek town and order a cup of coffee nowhere on this planet. Oh, the King James Bible ain't right because that preacher said so. You're a nut. You're a nut. That's not old time way. Amen. The old time way is believing the Bible. Hey, listen, if all in this world you've got an NIV sitting in your lap, believe it till you find out something different. Because if that's all you got, that's all you got. Somebody grows up in some town somewhere and he goes to a church and they got an NIV. I believe if that fellow sits down and he's serious, he listens to what it's been said, he asks the Lord to save me and save him. Now, if he gets on God's trail and says, Lord, I want to know all I can about you, one of these days he's going to bump into the truth. And if he's listening to God over listening to a man, he'll find the truth and say, boy, this is right, right here. And I don't believe he's going to have to look too long. I believe anybody associated with the Spirit of God that sits down with the King James in one hand and an NIV or a, or a Good News for Modern Man or ESV or NASB or what, I believe if he's reading one and reading the other, he'll say, man, this right here got the weight. This is it right here. Listen, boy, I was just a little boy. I was just a little boy. I mean, I was a little boy. Been in church just a couple years. We sat down in my dentist's office one day and he had a Good news for a modern man sitting there. And I didn't know what it was at the time, but I picked it up and started reading it. And I recognized it because my mama had me reading the Bible every day. I read just a few words in that thing. I said, Mama, something's wrong with this Bible. She goes, let me see that. And she looked at it and looked at the cover and said, that ain't no Bible, son. But I didn't need nobody to tell me that. I didn't need Dr. Ruckman to tell me it wasn't the, it, that wasn't it. I read it. I read those pages and the Holy Ghost said, that ain't it right there. You say, why? Because, because when you get saved, you get the old time real. And if it ain't real, amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Y'all ever ate any food? You know the difference between fake and real, do you? Amen. These people that grew up on instant mashed potatoes, they don't even like the real. I mean, that's just a matter of growing up on it. Get used to that fake. Am I right? They get used to the fake. Then they get the real. Oh, I don't like that. No, I don't like that right there. That's right. Amen. And let me say this. Ignorance is not the old time real. Some people plumb proud of their ignorance. You know what the Bible says about that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. You say about what? Anything. Anything. The Bible says, let no man deceive you. Well, around here, bless God, we, just, we, we are happy about our ignorance. Well, you're stupid then. Amen. You don't know this? Why don't you know this? Well, we ain't really worried about all that doctrine stuff. I tell you, we just simple country people around here. I've heard that till I'm sick of it. You ain't got no Listen, if you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart, you've got a Bible in your lap, you ain't got no excuse for being ignorant about nothing. Well, we just believe in loving people, and I'm sick of hearing that too. Listen, the Bible says you love people by, by keeping God's commandments. That's what loving people is about. Amen. Well, we don't believe in... Mastering the, the doctrines around here. We just believe in loving people. Well, you're stupid. Is that, do you need the Greek for that? 
You don't need the Greek for that. Listen, that's stupidity. You think when you get before God at the judgment seat and he asks you why you didn't stand for this, I mean, he was good enough to die for you and give his life for you, and you wasn't man enough to say, hey, that ain't right. Hey, you, I mean, that ain't got to be, that don't have to come out of your mouth every time you open it. But we live in a generation right now where people ain't saying nothing about nothing. Huh? Amen. Listen. A lot of things that people used to stand up for, people in the old time way, people used to stand up for. Now, I'm not saying to hate people. I'm not saying that at all. But listen, if a woman gets uh, a child before she's married, that ain't right. And somebody ought to say, now, that ain't right. That's not the right thing. Now, God loves you. And he'll forgive you and he'll help you. And you can love that little baby and take care of that little baby. And God's people will love that baby and God's people will help you, but you need to do the right thing now, honey. What's wrong with saying that? There must be something wrong with it because people ain't saying nothing about it no more. Listen, listen, we at a place right now where preachers, preachers are running off with other people's wives and nobody's saying nothing about it. No, I ain't. Well, you know, the Bible says we're all bad and David did it. People are actually saying that out loud now. Well, David did. Well, I guess that makes it all right then. And every one of them men that gets mad when you say something about that, they'd lose their minds if their wife done the same thing. And their wife would lose their mind if, if he'd done the same thing. The, the thing about it is, is, is what we've come down to in this generation is that nothing's wrong unless it happens to you. Huh? Well, I think we ought to have just a little bit of grace, Brother Mike, on this guy. Knowing good and well they wouldn't have grace on somebody else if they'd done it to them. You ain't got grace, you got ignorance. You'd rather just sweep the thing under the rug so you don't look like the bad guy. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. Ignorance. Well, Brother Mike, we just believe in. That ain't the old time way. We just believe in grace. I believe in grace too, but, but right is right, ain't it? Yeah. Amen. The old time real is, I hate to state the obvious, but it's real. The old time real is real. It's realistic. Amen? I mean, this new stuff, it's always that. Boy, you, if you're down today, brothers, I just wanted you to know that God is on your side. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad you told me that. All my problems are solved. I just love this guy. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. That, oh, Lord, have mercy. But you turn on the TV or go go to your local King James Bible believing revival and that's the kind of stuff. God just wants to help you today. I know that. I know that already. What's the solution? Well, God loves you. Just hang in there. That don't help. That don't help. Would preacher, would you if I should just hang in there, would you hang in there with me this week? Well, you know, I've got a schedule to keep. See, that guy ain't doing nothing. All he wants is a paycheck. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, man, that the the old time religion deals with realism. Sometimes you're gonna be up and sometimes you're gonna be down. And you're going to need the strength. You're going to need the strength to endure when things get tough. 
And the only way you're going to do that is to get in that book and say, this book is right and this book is real. And there are going to be tough times. And God said there are going to be tribulations and trials that we're going to go through. But the Bible says he was going to go with me all the way. Now, that'll help you right there. Hey, everything's going to be fine this week because God is going to be with you. Where's the power in that? God's going to be with you and he wants to take care of all your troubles. Well, the fact of the matter is things are going to be rough next week. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be death in the family. There's going to be temptations and sometimes you're even going to give in to them. And after you give in to them, boy, you're going to find it hard to get back up here at the altar and get that same feeling back and get that same joy back and get that same peace back. But that's when you really need to know that God is with you. But God's going to be with you just like it says here in the book. This is not planted out your own way and make Jesus follow you around. This is God. Do it God's way. Follow Jesus. Jesus not following you. You're supposed to be following God. If you want to try to get back in touch with God, uh, God ain't lost you. You walked away from him. You say, well, he said he'd never leave us or forsake us. That's right, but we're not talking about relationship. We're talking about fellowship. We're talking about fellowship. Jesus didn't break fellowship with you. You broke fellowship with him. You need to get back where you was. You need to go to him. Amen. You say, how do you know that's true? Because I've been, I've been reading this same book and living this same life since I was five years old. That's the way it works. Amen. You can't fake real. Amen. The old time real, it's real. Old time religion is real. It's realistic. Real life events that take place that God intervenes in. Listen, we're talking about real life events that God actually intervenes in. It's, it's not a psychology session. This is not a psychology session where we try to read your mind and fix every problem in your life. No, we say this is the answer. This is the way. Walk you in it. This right here is the way. And then it's up to you. And if you'll go with God, God will go with you. I know that's a loose statement, but it sure is right. It sure is right. Real life events that God intervenes in, God interrupts in. I mean, God will intervene, God will interrupt. In the old time religion, people get right and God helps them. In the real time, old time religion, people get wrong and God intervenes in their life. People go wrong, do things they ought not do and give in to temptation. And God intervenes in their life. People act like God is just this jack-in-the-box that only gets involved when people call on him. No, you bought with the price. You step out of the way, God's going to start dealing with you. And when God starts dealing with most people because they've been listening to the kind of preaching they've been listening to, they think, well, maybe I've got a mental problem. Maybe I'm depressed. Have you ever read the clinical description of depression? You know what it is? You read the clinical description of depression, it sounds just exactly like Holy Ghost conviction. So when people get out of God's will, they ain't heard no preaching about repentance. They ain't heard no preaching about the wages of sin is death. They ain't heard none of that. So when they get saved and then they walk away and try to do their own thing now, they get this mental problem going, oh my goodness, I just can't cope. I just can't. The answer is not in some psychologist somewhere. It's God intervening in your life and you should get it right. Now, it's not just that you should get it right. Man, you can get it right. Man, here's the opportunity to get the thing right, to, to ease your heart, to ease your mind, to get back the comfort, 
to get back the peace, to walk with God and have peace with God. That's your opportunity, but it's not going to come through psychology and telling you every, somebody telling you everything's going to be all right. Not that way. God loves you, but he doesn't love human uh, activities. He doesn't love human actions. The, the, I'm talking about giving in to the flesh and giving in to temptations and doing your own thing. That's not, God doesn't enjoy that stuff. Amen. The old time real is faith. Romans 1.17 says faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's where it gets real. Listen, when you get down on your face tonight and you say, God, help me. I need help. I need help. Well, don't just stand there waiting for it to smack you in the face. If, if you want it to be real, you need to get your Bible out and say, now, God, help me. And it, you can call me old-fashioned or whatever you want to call me, but I'm, I'm a firm believer. When you get down on your face and say, now, God, help me with this problem I got, it could be a fleshly problem. It could be a spiritual problem. You might be right with God and just need an answer from God. I'm a firm believer, brothers and sisters, that when you ask God for help and then get your Bible down, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Man, when you get your Bible down, I believe God supernaturally going to give you the answer. It might come in the next sermon you hear. It might come in a sermon three weeks down the road. It might come day after tomorrow when you open your Bible and say, Now, God, I, I need that answer from you. I don't know when it's going to come or how it's going to come, but I believe it. I believe it. I believe God's going to help you and deal with it because that's real. That's, that's the way God really helps. That's the way God really works. It's the, old, the old-time religion is real and the real is faith. The real is repentance. Acts 17.30 said God called the whole world to repentance. The Bible says he, at one time he winked at all. People talk about the old, the old Testament being strict and the New Testament being grace. But in the New Testament it says that in the Old Testament God winked at their idolatry. But now in the New Testament under grace he called all men everywhere to repent. That's the old time way. You want to get things straight in your life? Get down somewhere and say, God, I'm sorry for that. I know that ain't the right way. My flesh loves to do it. I'm sorry about it, God. Forgive me. Sometimes I say, God, forgive me for being a wretched man. I wish you wouldn't have had to die for me. But I thank you. I thank you that you did. I'm sorry I did that again. God, help me with it. You say, what is that? That's repentance. That's real. Amen? Real can be a fight to survive. Amen? The Bible Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. Brothers, you're going to have to fight from time to time. Amen. You're going to get backed in the corner and everything, everything you believe about God is going to be challenged. You're going to have to say, hey, okay, let's go. I was talking to Brother Howard today. I've got in some fights in my life, but I ain't never went looking for one. I mean, I've, I've been forced into it. I've been backed into a corner. And listen, as a little kid, I told you this morning, when I graduated high school, I was 117 pounds. Man, you was probably in the sixth grade, wouldn't you? <laughs> and I always wanted to be a big boy, man. Almost all of my friends are big, big guys. Except me and Brother Nathan, skinny guys. Uh, Brother Howard's son, probably stronger than a cat bulldozer. That guy's a beast, man. I always wanted to be strong, but here I am, this skinny little kid. And man, I got beat up and 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 beat up. Man, I got beat up so many times as a kid, I just, I couldn't count them all. And man, one day in the ninth grade, I got back in the corner. I said, man, I just, I think I'm going to get involved in this one. I said, I'm tired of this. And I just got involved in it. Come out on top. I looked around and said, who done that? 
That was me. But wasn't long, got another punch in the eye. Amen. <laughs> hey, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But one of these days, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to decide, man, I'm going to get involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, the world going to say this, and religion going to say this. And hey, I mean, God saved me, I can speak up too. You don't got to be a pastor to say something or stand up. You don't got to be a pastor to tell somebody at work that Jesus died for their sins. He's sitting around looking at everybody else doing it and you, you said you got saved but you still got all these doubts and fears. Man, just get in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. One day just say, hey, I'm a scoundrel too, but if I'm going to spend my time going to church and if I'm going to spend my time saying I'm a Christian, I may as well get involved in this yeah. thing too. Yeah. Amen. Then see how you feel after that. I just don't feel like being a Christian. I'm just, I'm so beat up. Have you been fighting? Have you been involved in the fight at all? I mean, I've been, I've been beat up plenty of times in the flesh, just like you've been beat up spiritually. I understand that. But man, after you get involved and after you start fighting back, you begin to feel a little like something. Now, I never walked around like, y'all see what I did to that guy right there? I've never been like that, but I was able to walk around thinking I didn't have to hang my head that day. Yeah. Amen? You know, get, uh, that day I decided I was going to fight back. You know what the, the thought that come through my head was? I've been beat up a lot. And I just got to think about it. It ain't never really hurt. Yeah. I'll get involved. And man, there ain't one person that's ever spoke up and said, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? That ever walked away going, man, I shouldn't have done that. Huh? And I've been cussed out. I've been run off. I've had people slam doors in my face. But I never turned around and said, oh, he slammed the door on me. And I ain't never said, well, go on to hell then, because that's not what this is all about. Somebody slams a door in your face or don't accept what you're saying. Man, Jesus accepts what you're saying. Jesus approves of this message. Amen. Going ahead. Amen. You say that's real. It's a fight to survive sometimes. Real religion, listen, real old time religion is denying self. That's what it is. Well, I just think I can do whatever my conscience. No, you can't. As a matter of fact, if your conscience is saying you, you should probably not do that, amen. You're not the standard. The Bible's the standard. You have to deny yourself once in a while. And let me say a couple of things else and we'll close. Real, real old time religion, old time real is glorifying God. A Christian ought not to complain. Now I know you're going to get down and I know you're going to get frustrated from time to time. And you're going to get tired of doing everything your wife tells you to do and once in a while you're going to despair. I understand that. But man, if you're saved by the grace of God, every once in a while you ought to say, well, thank God. Hallelujah. Hey man, if nothing else, I only got one more point after this. You can say, thank God for that. (laughs) Brother Mike, uh, you sure do preach a long time. You sure are long-winded. I've heard that so much. Listen, I don't care. When, When I see people go, that doesn't bother me because I know you watch a three-hour football game. And do we need to talk about Lord of the Rings again? Uh, three hours. And they have, they have Lord of the Rings parties where they get dressed up in costumes and watch all three movies back to back and then come to church. And I've never seen people be more 
interested in going to work than they are when they come to church. Brother Mike, I've got to go to work tomorrow. But on Thursday night, they'll be bowling it up. Oh, man, let's play one more game. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Let's play one more game. Yeah. Or the football gets over on Sunday night, and they're like, man, let's watch the late game. I know the preacher preached a long time. We missed the 4 o'clock game, but we can watch the 7.30 game. And it'll be off by 9.30, 10 o'clock, and we can still get up in time to have a cup of coffee and go to work. Let's do that. But let the preacher preach just a little bit. Every night this week, we're going to have church every night this week. Lord have me. And Brother Mike's going to be preaching. I'm beginning, to second th I'm beginning to second think this whole Christian thing. I'm beginning to regret being saved. <laughs> they having Brother Mike they having Brother Mike to preach. He's so long-winded. I just wish I'd have waited till next week to get saved. Amen. Amen. You tell me when you've ever heard somebody complain about a movie being too long. No, sir. You know why? You know why they do it? Because it ain't real. It ain't real. Amen. But real is glorifying God. Thank God. Boy, that preacher preached 15 points. Wasn't that good? Yeah. Man, he was talking about he was talking about the old time way. Hallelujah! Thank God. But they ain't gonna they ain't gonna shout like that in church unless there's music playing, huh? When I was a boy, people get up and sing songs. A preacher get up and preach, and people come to the altar. Now somebody gets up and sings, people comes to the altar, and the preacher gets up and preaches, and people yawn. You got the wrong religion. You got the wrong religion, Bucko. You got some kind of mystical, touchy-feely kind of thing that God don't know nothing about. God chose preaching. And beyond that, he, called the, he, he chose the foolishness of preaching. And he called a bunch of foolish people to do it because if he let you smart people done it, we'd have been out at 630. Amen. 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 Real is glorifying God. And results, listen... Real is results inside and out. When you get a hold of real old time religion, God's going to do some things on the inside and God's going to do some things on the outside. I don't got no confidence in somebody that's been saved six months and he's still got basketball hoops hanging in his ear. Hey, the world going to tear you apart? Listen, I got tattoos. I got all that stuff. I was in the Marine Corps. I did a lot of stupid stuff myself. But listen, when God got a hold of my heart and got me right, I stopped getting those things. You say, why? Because the Holy Ghost don't identify with that at all. Right. Now guys are getting Christian tattoos. Yeah. There ain't no such thing as that. Yeah. ain't no such thing as that. God never been involved. In, I mean, uh, you see these ladies wearing their yogurt pants to church today. God ain't involved in that at all. Nobody, listen, nobody ever prayed and asked for God to help them and lead them. And then they show up to church in yogurt pants. Right. Yeah. Amen? Amen? There ain't nothing to that. Now, I'm not saying stone them or nothing like that. I mean, help them the best you can. We used to have a girl come to church here and she wasn't dressed right. One day, Ruth just took her over to the other building and said, we're going to find you something to wear. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because you're not supposed to wear that stuff to church. And she put them on. And for a while, she got right and did the right thing. But at least she knows. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. But, I mean, somebody had to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the old time way is when somebody needs the help and guidance, you just say, hey, oh, you're being so judgmental. Yeah, well, trying to help things. Yeah. Trying to help people. Hey, this ain't, you don't, oh, lady, if you don't start dressing right, we're going to stone you. With something. No, I'm not talking about that at all. But I'm talking about real has results on the inside and has results on the outside. It, listen, if God saves your soul and starts working some order in your life on the inside, don't you think that's going to come out on the outside? I got some pictures of my great-grandpa back in the 1920s, and he was lost as a goose. He wasn't saved. He didn't claim to be no religion. He was a drunkard. His wife was a drunkard. His children were on the way to being drunkards. They was growing up in a drunkard's house, and they did grow up to be a drunkard. But he's standing around in his yard. You see pictures of him standing out, out in his yard with shirt and tie on. And you know what they did for a living? They were dirt-poor farmers. They weren't bankers. Them old-time people, they had principles. They thought that a man ought to be decent. Even if he didn't, even if he wasn't decent on the inside, they thought, man, there ought to be some kind of standard. I want to look like I'm a decent man. And none of them would mow their yard on Sunday or even go to any place that was open for business on Sunday. They looked decent. That, listen, all, the problem was they were decent on the outside. Somebody had worked on them for the outside, but there wasn't nothing on the inside. Now, when that old man got saved, listen, that same old man that I'm talking about that was a drunkard and his wife was a drunkard, some of his kids grew up to be a drunkard. One day, an old-time preacher knocked on the door and said, you hellions need to get right for you bust hell wide open. <laughs> you said, he didn't do that. I guarantee you he did. One of, my, one of my relatives said, you need to go visit this man and his wife. They lay around drunk all the time, and they're going to die and go to hell, and their kids are going to die and go to hell. My preacher rolled up his sleeve and said, well, we'll see about that. Went over to the house and knocked on the door and said, somebody told me there was some old drunkards living over here. They're going to bust hell wide open if they don't get right with God. You said, what happened to them? They started going to church and got saved. Amen. Amen. They got, listen, they got something more than a suit and tie. They got a suit and tie on their soul. Amen. 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 Listen, they, their bodies was wearing suits and ties every day. Sound like a bunch of Christians, don't it? Their bodies was wearing suits and ties every day, and one day they got saved and their soul woke up with a suit and tie on. Yeah. Some people say that's stupid. That's just your opinion. I tell you what, I, I tell you what, I tell you this right now. Back in the old time when people got right, listen, they got rid of things. They, uh, if they was uh, getting tattoos and, and uh, living like hell and drinking and cussing and swearing, their voice changed, uh, uh, their, their speech changed, and their dress changed, and they stopped running. Listen, they didn't used to get saved, and uh, uh, bikers didn't used to get saved and start a Christian biker gang. They got saved and got out of the gang lifestyle. They didn't get saved and start dressing like that, you know, buy a Harley Davidson and start dressing like they was bikers. No, they're not bikers, they're Christians. We got something decent and orderly down in our souls. Now we're going to look decent and orderly. We might be poor. We might not have a suit and tie, but we're going to do the best we can do. Amen. I'm not saying you've got to go buy a suit and tie if you're saved. I'm just saying there's something that's going on in the inside that's going to affect you outside. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this is as decent and orderly as a suit as the one I got on. Yeah. Amen. I got plenty of suits just like that. Yeah, Mine not brown, though. I prefer blue. Amen. I like Roundhouse. You got Liberty on. I ain't mad at Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But if it looks like a rat and smells like a rat, it's a rat. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
You've got a deacon got more tattoos than any two biker gangs put together. Amen. But God saved you from that. It shows up on the outside too, don't it? Amen. Well, you know, I got saved, but I, God just ain't never dealt with me about drinking yet. Maybe you need to try again. Maybe God was feeling dizzy that day and he didn't save you all the way. Huh? No, what was it that, what was it that, that, that led you to get saved? Was it conviction of sin? If it was, then what about it? Amen. Clean up. If it wasn't, you need to try again. Because listen, Jesus did not die for you. See, we kind of smoothed that over in this modern generation. Jesus died for you. Oh, here's another one. I saw, I, saw some, I saw somebody looking like I was taking too much time, so I'm going to take a little more time. We've kind of smoothed over this thing. Jesus died for you. No, he didn't. You're not going to find no place in the Bible where Jesus died for you. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus, and it's got to be real personal now, like Clint, brother, if you was the only one, Jesus would have died for you. Does that look dramatic enough for you? Well, something must have been bad wrong with Adam then because he was the only one. Hmm? Stop listening to idiots preach. If you was the only one, Jesus wouldn't have died for you. He'd have let you have a son and let him have a son and let him have a son and let them people go through living mortal hell until they figured out that there ain't nothing good about us. And then he would have come died for their sins. Amen? Jesus loves even me. Yes, he does, but I'm not the only one. Amen. This doesn't just involve me. When I get saved, it's not just about me. Now I'm bought with the price, and I've got to, I've got to let my light so shine to the world, and my light ain't shining if I look and act just like they do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Real old-time religion has results on the inside and on the outside. Yeah. I'm not giving you a dress code. All I'm telling you is think. Think about the way you're presenting yourself. Think about, is the way I'm presenting myself, is this taken away from the story I'm about to tell this man about his soul? Amen? Amen? Is this guy going to be sitting here while I'm telling him about Jesus smelling cigarette smoke? Is he going to be smelling tobacco on me? Is he going to be saying, well, this guy can't be telling the truth because he does this and he done that. I heard this guy, I heard this say a cuss, this guy say a cuss word the other day. I saw this guy down, he telling me about, go home and say, darling, I, this fella told me I need to get saved today, but last week I heard him uh, saying bad things to his wife and kids down at the grocery store. God didn't just say something, God didn't just save you on the inside. Real old time religion is on the inside and on the outside. Oh, you may not agree with me on every point, but I'm, I, you know that's true, don't you? You can say amen to that, can't you? I mean, because I can preach 15 minutes more. Can I have 15 more minutes? <laughs> Ain't really no 15 more minutes. I'm just saying I could, amen. I'd like to have a few more amens. Cause didn't, God, didn't, didn't God change you on the inside? And don't that come out on the outside? I mean, when that wickedness was in you on the inside, I mean, that, when, listen, 
The Holy Ghost didn't inspire me to get my tattoos. That was pure streak of meanness. I'm going to show these people how bad I am. Oh, I'm a U.S. Marine. Lean and mean and ready to fight. Yeah! Put it right there. Ain't that, ain't that the attitude? I'm bad. I'm bad. Boy, let me tell you a funny story. Do you have time for a funny story? You know a lot of this stuff, man. You can get tattoos and walk around how bad you are. You see people like that in town, you're kind of like, man, I better not mess with that guy. That's tr- trouble. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how it really is. And listen, Marines ain't no joke. I mean, they might be today because yeah. you know, this woke society's even got into the Marine Corps. But it wasn't that way back in the day. Yeah. Marines mess you up if you give them a chance. I went in there Virginia Beach. Finally got some liberty. Went down to Virginia Beach. Started sitting around. Let's go get a tattoo. Yeah, let's do that, man. I mean, we made a whole $700 this month. We go get it. <laughs> uh, uh, don't join the military for pay, bro. <laughs> it's not there. Went in that place and sat down. Yeah, man, let me look through here. This is a real tough tattoo right here. I'm going to get this Tasmanian devil. <laughs> but he had drumsticks. So cool, man. Oh, yeah, I want it right here. And this guy, okay. And it wasn't a guy, it was a girl. And that makes the story even worse. Funnier for you, worse for me. And she starts putting this tattoo on me and that chisel she was using, it was like a it was like an old rusty blunt uh railroad spike or something. But, <laughs> it starts jabbing into my arm and I beads of sweat start pouring down my face. And then I said, Lady, you gotta stop. You gotta stop right now. Listen, the worst pain and anxiety and fear that hurt so bad, man. Uh, how do you say this in church company? Everything inside me started to move. I had to run. <laughs> I threw up in the bathroom. Uh, everything that was on the inside was expelled. I mean, 20 minutes. They're beating on the door. You okay in there, sir? (laughs) It was the most, listen, I stayed in there 10 instruments just because I was embarrassed to go back out. I'm going to get this tattoo. I'm the toughest man on the planet. It was the worst experience that I've ever had in my life. I've been beat up worse than that. I've been chewed out by my mother I haven't been beat up worse than that. I haven't been chewed out by my mother worse than that. If I got beat up by a girl, it wouldn't be worse than that. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I did it just because it looked tough. And I did it four more times after that. Dumb as a box of bricks. And I did all that because there was something evil on the inside of me that said, i got to do this. Worst experience of my life and i got to do it four more times. That's the extent that people will go to follow up on what's on the inside when they live out in the world. And now guys won't even pass out of track unless their wife tells them that they can do it. Amen. They won't even say amen unless their wife's, darling, can I throw this shirt away? I know you got this for me, but it don't really look like a Christian. No, you can't. Oh, sorry. 
Can I wear this to church today, honey? Because I really... No, put on the pink one. You think it ain't happening? Mm -hmm. Why is it that the bad stuff come out even in extreme pain, but the good stuff can't come out? You telling me I'm a legalist if I think that what's good on the inside ought to come out? I'm a legalist for that? No, sir, you're wrong. That's what it is. Amen. Now I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Lord, for giving these folks the grace to listen to an hour-long sermon. I know it's so rough, but Lord, I pray you'd help them. Lord, I pray you'd help us to see that this stuff is really the important stuff. And the stuff we give most of our time to is not the important stuff. Lord, I know, on the other hand, people got things to do. People got a life to live. But Lord, in the old time way, people would sit and listen to sermons for three and four hours. They didn't have everything else to do. Everything else wasn't uh, primary before the Word of God. Lord, we come to church a little while on Sunday morning, a little while on Sunday night, and most of the time a little while on Wednesday night, and we think we've done our duty and we had not done half what we ought to do. Help us, God. A little extra preaching tonight not going to hurt us. And I pray, God, just as much for me as for these people, you'd help us to, give the, to get the strength and the fortitude that we ought to have to get a real old-time religion that's going to change us inside and out that will give us the boldness, God, to go into the world and fight for what we believe in. We don't fight with swords and knives and with violence, but we fight with, with the assurance of the Word of God that what we know and what we have inside is the real thing and that other people need it. And God, it's, it's a desperate situation. They don't just need it. It's a desperate situation. They desperately need it. I pray you'd help us that way. Use the message tonight. Lord, I have no problem at all degrading myself and letting people know that I was just as big a dummy as anybody else has ever been. And if folks would be honest, they know that they are too, and it's by your wonderful grace that you've saved us. And God, you don't require that much of us, just, just that what we have to be real. And I think that's our reasonable service, to just be real. Thank you for what you've done for us. Bless us this week. God, I pray you'd help us and use us this week. Give us the right words to say. Give the people the, uh, the fortitude to come back and to be faithful to the services. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. You're go. dismissed. You're dismissed. <laughs> Take that and get out. <laughs>